Yeah, let's just start. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this live Takes on Takes edition of the show. Good evening, gentlemen. What's up, Joe? So I'm sitting here trying to Kyle have control of the board. I'm trying to produce the show and things are popping up, and I'm like, is it something I'm doing on my other screen? No, Uh, it's it's found, we Kyle, found Kyle's Kyle. YouTube account, Sebastian. Sebastian shouts, man. What's up, Joe? Welcome back. Live stream. We missed you on Thursday. Did you really? Yeah, dude, no. we did. Oh, no, no, what? Did. Come on, we missed him. No. All right. Never mind then, Joe. I, I, those answers went exactly how I thought they would go. Chris, oh, absolutely. Joe sucked. Not have Chris. Is, uh, Kyle, yeah, thank God. I finally got to do a damn show without you in the way. Yeah, just talk over Chris the whole time. Right, a lot easier, right? Yeah, that's, that's basically how it went. All right, well, listen, you just want to get right into it. There was a lot of takes in the pre-show that we were excited about, so we can just jump right in if you'd like. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, yeah. All right. First, you wanted Vontel's take right off the jump. Here it is for you. Take Amon Ross St. Brown will be the steal of the draft. Joe, uh, obviously we were talking in the pre-show. Amon Ross St. Brown uh, being a wide receiver – who was kind of in this tier, what do we want to call it? Tier 2.5 sure. of wide receiver prospects. You know, it's like the, you got your perceived top three of Chase, Waddle, and Devonta Smith. And then you got your next tier down with your Rashad Batemans and Terrence Marshalls. And I don't think I'm going to St. Brown is quite perceived in that same tier, uh, but I think he's going to be the big winner of Chris Olave's decision to go back to school. So I don't know how much of a steal he's really going to be anymore because you almost have this kind of, vacuum and void here uh late round one early round two that i think i'm on ross st brown has the chance to get pushed up into my favorite sleeper steel wide receiver diami brown from north carolina it's the wrong I target think if you were okay. think, oh brother i would have agreed with you in the summer but then 2020 <laughs> happened and i really started to fall in love with diami brown i think he's I think he's a top 10 receiver in this class. And I think if you were thinking about Chris Olave on day two, I'd start thinking about Deami Brown. All right, you mentioned Chris Olave, gentlemen. So why don't we why don't we get into this take from, from William? Chris Olave goes top 15 next year after returning for one more year at Ohio State. This is this might be a hot take, but I don't really know what else Chris Olave has to prove at the college level, personally. What do you got to go out and win a Heisman Trophy or a Bolitnikoff? Like, he's st- he's super polished. Um, I don't really know how many more dynamics he's going to add to his game. Uh, so, I- I'm if you feel like he's going to go top fifteen next year, you probably feel like either he's just a victim of a deep wide receiver class, or he was going to go top fifteen this year. What, what was that, Joe? You just like you that was in commentary. Yeah, oh, I thought a, we were okay. Just the truth, the, the truth there is, as we know, I'm running off a hotspot on my cell phone. So Good. if anything happened where I, there was a new take introduced, I didn't see it. So oh, okay. I was just, I was thinking that, that was a continuation. 
of the Crystal ah. Lobby discussion we were having. Okay, so okay. the play that I went with there was, you know what I mean? Smart. Now, anytime this happens again, just I give now it, know what the two fingers. We didn't have this discussion in the pre-show. Now I know that that means please put up and a we'll new take we'll for we'll we'll Okay, we'll all right, all right. Very good, Joe. Very good. As you as you get settled into the to the new place. All right, this take from Ryan. The next best option for the Cincinnati Bengals if Penny Sewell is off the board is Kyle Pitts. Ooh. Oh, okay. So we're going to throw out the idea that trading back would be an option. You can, if you want that to be an option, Joe. It's, you know, I, I think I think that's where I would want to go. I, I recognize that Kyle Pitts would be wonderful for that offense. And, and I think continuing to invest in surrounding Joe Burrow is a good idea. But I think if it's not Penny Sewell, or maybe even if it is Penny Sewell, I'm trading back. Uh, there's the the mighty swell has gone has been put to the side for a moment. He's going to be complimented with something else, a little stiffer for this hot take. Is, is this is this the real life imitation of the shot chaser meme? Is that what that was right there? I don't know what that meme is. To be um, honest with you, somebody says something and then it's referred to. Never mind. All right, I'll explain it to you after the yeah, show. No, no, thanks. You can explain it to me when I'm older. Um, I have a really hard time buying tight end and I get it's Kyle Pitts and he's really dynamic receiver, but I'm selling that you need to protect Joe Burrow and trade down option. I don't know. Ben Solak put Ray Sean Slater at ahead of Penny Sewell in his mock draft. And his point of emphasis was Daniel Jeremiah, who's really plugged in has Slater as O-lineman one. Lance Zerline, who's really plugged in, has him as alignment one. And Matt Miller, who's really plugged in, uh, is also buying on the Rayshon Slater hype. Uh, Casey wants me to pass it this way. Here you go, bud. <laughs> so, no, I'm not buying tight end Kyle Pitts at five as the second best option for the Cincinnati Bengals. Are we ready for some football? The NFL playoffs are in full swing, and it's conference championship weekend and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account today at betonline.ag and use our promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. If you like a particular team's chances this weekend or you want to take advantage of some prop bets, check out betonline.ag because they have the best lines in the business don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right. So I have one I want to put up that's not draft related, but I was extremely intrigued by it. And I'm trying to scroll to find it very quickly. Cause this is this is one of those we have to do math on the show takes, which is one oh, of my no. one of my favorite kinds of takes. This one comes from Kyle the Commish. Take there will be five new playoff five. teams. In the NFC in 2021. So this is Draft Dudes Do Math here live on a Monday uh, live stream. Takes on takes on a Tuesday. So who are the two that return? <laughs> wait, Joe, wait, Joe, go ahead. Go ahead, Joe, go ahead. I think the best way to approach this is look at the field of eight teams and, and feel like if we can come up with five eight. that will not be back. Eight. Or seven. Jeez. I wish eight teams made the playoffs, Joseph. You know what? That was a Freudian oh, slip based on our wow. conversation. Right. <laughs> Listen, that was there was no malice in intent there, but that it was a slip based on our conversation. Fun fact: the Miami Dolphins of 2020, the only AFC team in the wild card era 
to finish as the eighth seed in the conference with 10 wins. Fun fact. We, we showed off our math skills right away. All right, let's take the seven teams, Joseph, the seven teams that are in the NFC and, and, and figure out which ones are going to be replaced. Washington. That was that's a good one to start okay. with. There's one. New hey. Orleans. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm ready to buy on that one. New Orleans I'll... is two. Chicago. Chicago is three. Great. All right. So we've opened up three spots. We have to find two more. The Bucs are probably in the playoffs next year. The, Ra- I'm, the Rams. The Rams. There are two teams in their division that I think could be better than them next year. Could I be. think San Francisco can bounce back. And the Cardinals were one win away from taking the Rams spot anyway. They were once. I don't know. I Get agree. The with hell out of there. I'm willing to give you the Rams, but it'll be San Francisco. So we're at four. We're at four. And I don't think, I don't think you're convincing me that we're taking Tampa, Seattle, or Green Bay out. No, I'm not because Russ Wilson wakes up and he's in the playoffs. I mean, what is Matt LaFleur? 13 and three back to back years. Yeah. He's 26 and, and six. And his if Brady's back, to Tampa's back. So I think four is achievable. Five's not, five's not happening. Yeah, I don't know where you're getting the fifth one from. It's green. It's between Green Bay. Seattle, Unless you just think Tom Brady is falling off of a cliff next year, which there's no sign of that even remotely yeah, happening. I've st- I stopped uh, believing that about eight years ago. Yeah. yeah. You know? So. Yeah. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Chris. Do you want to have some fun on the show? Absolutely. Okay. Sebastian says Deshaun Watson will be the starting quarterback for an AFC East team next year. It's true. I think it's true as well. That's true. I think like, it's your team. He's not going to be the starting I, I think it's your court. team too, though. But The Houston Texans. He is, yeah, he is certainly not playing for the he Houston He's gone. He's gone. So how do you balance the – okay, so Deshaun has a no-trade clause. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Jets and Dolphins have the most to give him. Conventional wisdom tells us he's going to one of those two teams. How concerned are you as potential suitors for Deshaun Watson that they are not going to want to trade him in the AFC? Will they take a lesser deal from an NFC team to keep them out of the conference? They're the kind of poorly run organization that would be willing to do that. But wait a minute. There's an important part here. Deshaun can tell them, no, thanks, but no thanks, right? If he wants to go to one of the two teams in our example here, and he doesn't want to go to an NFC team, what leverage does Nick Casario have here? I'm sure he's got a short list, though. He does. He probably does. I have gotten. I, I had. A, I got a tweet today in which I posted the the lovely graphic that was made by the TDN graphic department of Deshaun in a Jets jersey, and I posted it to my Twitter account. And somebody responded to me, and I'm not going to name them by name, but know that they're on blast when I when I say this. They said they're not going to trade Deshaun within the division, and I almost responded with, You're, "You may want to go check the the standings. You just may want to check real quick." <laughs> so then, listen, you want to come at me with your takes? I'm gonna. I'm coming back. Yeah, that, I saw that the other day too. Somebody was like, "There's no, there's a zero percent chance he's traded to Miami because they're not going to trade him in the division." You're, you're, and I just wanted to screenshot. Yeah, there's another word you would like to use there. <laughs> All right, Vontel, we'll go with this one because I like this one. No running backs will be drafted. Vontel, stop marginalizing running backs. It's happening. Even I'm in it's on happening. that. Even I'm in on that. I think you get two in the top forty. Give me. You two. might. Could you get three? No, no, I think two. Well, so the two Etienne and Harris are the two we're considering locks, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's infinity more than none, right? But Javonta Williams. The, the only way this happens is if there's a run and like Pittsburgh takes Najee Harris and somebody yeah. the, the Jets or Arizona, sorry, Vontel take Etienne, and Miami's on the board at thirty six and they want to take a running back because they did this last year where 
they didn't force the pick and then they get to 56 and JK Dobbins goes like the pick before them. Yeah. And like Cam Akers was already gone and Jonathan Taylor was already gone and DeAndre Swift was already gone. So like, that's, I think the only way, but I'd still be surprised to see that materialize. Cause I don't think Pittsburgh's going to take a running back in the first round. I have a take based off of this one. Oh, good. Of this. The AFC East will draft two running backs in the top 50. You taking a running back, Kyle? They'll take one top 50 because they got four picks in the top 50. The Jets have three picks in the top 35. I think one of them is a running back. So I think the answer to this question is yes, Joe. And I think the Bills, uh, you, you have to think about the Bills as a potential running back spot too. I was just getting ready to say that based off of watching their last game, their running game is so bleh right now. It's not even a thought. It's not even like it's It's such a don't even bother running the ball, right? Like how many first half runs did they have? Four? I think two. But (laughs) like called runs, yeah, I think it was like two. I think that's what it comes down to, is it's like, what's the the Bills had the score five hundred one points, number one scoring offense in the AFC. What's the low-hanging fruit to improve the offense? It's it's bolstering the run game. Same thing Kansas City did last year. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think I'm already getting myself psychologically ready for Travis Etienne to be the Bills' first round pick. How's the mafia going to handle that? It I don't know. Uh, I think I, I think I think they'll be favorable because you, it's it's such low-hanging fruit. Like it's this this rushing attack is not really working, and I think it's because they have slow-footed running backs that. You know, those clothes, those holes go away very quickly. And it's just like a, a passing offense, right? You need think about the, the Drew Brees passing offense, right? They had to bring in like uh backup quarterbacks to throw the ball down the field. And when you could play everything within a like a shallow 10 yard box, it's it's easy to defend. That's the same situation. When you have slow running backs like Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, there's no perimeter threat. You you're just not spacing it out very well. And so I think there's they need some foot fire in that backfield. Can I make a movie analogy that neither one of you may get? Please. Yeah. I'd love nothing more. So we all watched all the, the divisional games over the course of the weekend. And I'm watching the the final one between Tampa Bay and New Orleans. And I'm watching Drew Brees play quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Oh, that's what he was doing? You guys ever see the movie The Wrestler? I've not, no. With Mickey Rourke? No. It's like he's like some over the hill, 50-something, still trying to relive his former glory in the ring. And it's like I'm watching Drew Brees, and I'm like, man, just like you don't have it anymore, you know? And and it's such an unfortunate way for him to go out because that roster in a lot of ways could have done damage. Uh, But that passing offense was just punchless with Drew Brees at the helm. I, I, I'm going to take us down a rabbit hole that I think the live chat's going to love. Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler, who plays Drew Brees in a movie about Drew Brees being over the hill as a quarterback. Wow. Kevin Cosner. No, he's in draft day. You, can, you don't, <laughs> don't be doing things like that. You, know, you can't. <laughs> come on. Liam Johnson knows what I'm talking about. Randy the Ram is the name of, of the uh, Mickey Rourke's character in The Wrestler. Mark Wahlberg? Isn't he? Wait, he's in. Um, what is that movie called? Invincible. Vince yeah. Papali. 
So it has to. So Chris is automatically going to say can't be somebody who's played a football character in any movie ever. Got to be original here, guys. Oh man. Well, I named every actor I know. So um, you named? Didn't you do what? I'm kidding. I know more actors than that. I don't know. Those are the two that came to mind. So we're looking for an actor to play Drew Brees. If we, yeah. This is a good one. Ben Affleck. He doesn't, no. he doesn't have to be some like physical resemblance. Like there's none with Ben Affleck. Correct. Bruce I mean, Willis. There's your answer. Bruce freaking Willis. Never no. did a football movie. <laughs> he's okay. he's this, too far gone. Yeah, this didn't go the way that I thought it was gonna go. So we're just gonna we're just gonna move on here pretend uh, and pretend that I didn't even try to have some fun here on the show. Um, all right, this take from Liam. Josh McDaniels will get the Eagles job and win the East in his first year. Joe, do you have the poop hat for me? Do you think I have? I brought it's somewhere in the house in a box. I don't know where. Okay. Can I borrow the intellectual property to the poop hat for this take? Sure. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Do I have any poop hat equivalent soundboard bites? Do we have any? I mean, we have this. Baba Booey. I don't know if that. If that, if that, if that, <laughs> I that, that was awesome. Can we get that one more? Time? I need to get it. <laughs> Absolutely. Baba Booey. I mean, I don't know if you want that to be a substitute for it, but that is on the soundboard. Sure, let's use, let's, let's use that as we bounce it out of the queue here. Uh, <laughs> well, I, can that, I? Go the ahead, roster, right? It's, it, it's not that Josh McDaniels can't coach a team to a division championship. I, I think he can, right? This roster has to undergo so much, and they're going to have to subtract a lot. There's a yeah, from a cap perspective, talent retention perspective office politics perspective. I don't like the vibe of Philly going into next year. Yeah. Uh, Chris, can I ask Joe a question uh, non-related to a take in the queue? You can do whatever you'd like, but I do want to say that I think we found the answer, by the way. Somebody brought it up. Uh, an actor? Edward Norton. Never can we put him. some... Can, yes, you have. Who is he? Have you ever seen the movie Rounders, Joe? No. How about the... What was it? The second version of The Incredible Hulk. He is in that as well. Not, not the Eric Banda version. I saw the first one. Don't know who's in it. Have you seen Fight Club? Yeah, I went to see Fight Club twenty years ago when it first came out. He's the the other main actor opposite Brad Pitt in Fight Club. If you put ten people in front of me and said one of them was Edward Norton, I get it wrong. You know what? That's that's a good concept for the off season. Hold on to that for me, Joe. Uh, Joe, who's your favorite sleeper prospect that you've evaluated thus far Ooh. in your final write-ups? Man, that's a good question. I like a lot of players. Um, I'll just go with the guy that I don't think I've heard anybody talk about, and that is Patrick Johnson, an edge defender from Tulane. Uh, I think he's a ready-made 34 outside linebacker. If you're one of those hybrid front teams, you'd love to get a player like this. He's, he's he plays all over the front seven for Tulane, and I think he's got a lot of tools, man. I think he's underrated. It's a good answer. I like that answer. Well, Kyle, can I ask you the same question? I'm I was hoping Joe. somebody would. Yeah, well, Joe didn't jump in, so I figured I'll do it. I got a name for you. You ready? Josh Bebe, wide receiver from Illinois. Bunnies. He's got the bunnies. Chris. This dude jumped 47 inches in the vert. Is that good? That's like levitating. 
absolutely levitating. And he's uh, he's a USC transfer to to Illinois, and um, physically speaking, down the field, like really good at the catch point. He's a really good kind of press you vertical uh, receiver. He'll get on top of your toes. He'll force you to flip your hips open and. Uh, he doesn't have like the sharpest breaks, but he forces you to respect him vertically to the degree in which uh, you can really work underneath and, and target him underneath back shoulder throws, that kind of stuff. He's like 6'2", 215, 220. Also like Greg Newsom, uh, the second who Jordan Reed tipped us I off. I saw on. you had a good grade on him. I peeped, yes. I peeped your grades there, Kyle. So his problem is durability. He has yet to play a complete season at the college level, but he's really long, like really long, and he's really fluid. Uh, so you think about kind of those Robert Sala corners, the, the Seattle Gus Bradley corners, he's kind of cut from that cloth. And, uh, if you get him healthy, he, he's an impressive, impressive dude. Just a shout out to the, to the live audience. Some of these takes are just absolutely unbelievable. I'm going to get, I'm going to bring us to the movie area one more time. Okay. Just one. Small is, it, is it the, is it Vontel's great? It's Vontel's level? take because this is wrong. Wrong. It's it's wrong. wrong on so many levels. I'll put it up here. Vontel says hot take gridiron gang is the best football movie of all time. I just, there's only one answer here, I think in my opinion, but I'll, I'll let don't, you go. Don't you should go first because you said that. It's remember the Titans and it's not even close. Ooh. What's Kyle's answer? My mine's very un, an unpopular take. Is it the program? No, but you can flip a coin. Is it draft day? It better not be draft it's day. It's not draft day. It's you can flip a coin. It's either the replacements or any given Sunday. No love for little giants here. No, I got. I got no. Joe I'm not five. Joe, I got it. I got it. Baba boy. I like remember the Titans. Remember the Titans is a top three movie. Came out, it came out my senior year in high school, and like my our football team went and watched it before the season. Mm-hmm. I think just that memory sticks with me. And then we actually had a good year. We were the number one seed in the playoffs and did this really amazing thing uh called losing the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really, really cool. But we watched Remember the Titans to start the year. <laughs> RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. Um, any, any take jump out to you guys or can I throw one up here? Throw one up here. This one from Andrew. The perfect spot for Trey Lance is to be taken at seven and sit behind Stafford for a year who will then be traded in the 2022 offseason. Why is that better than Atlanta? That's my question. You have Arthur Smith in Atlanta and Matt Ryan with, I think, more oh, far better infrastructure around him in terms of the offense. So I think it's Atlanta. I'm out. I don't know. Like, 
you think about what Trey Lance does well, and I think there's a bigger leap to putting him into back to the defense play action passing. Personally, I think Dan Campbell's offense will probably be a little bit more smash mouth and run the ball between the tackles and own the line of scrimmage. And, and you think about the quarterback run concepts that Trey Lance did at North Dakota state. And I can get on board with that. I, I'd also add like personnel matters here too. Like who would he throw the ball to in Detroit compared to Atlanta? Well, they've got some choices to make here that will help us know the answer to that because they're right, all free but, agents except for Quintez Cephas. Right. Where, where that you don't have that situation in Atlanta, like technically, you know, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones are under contract. Although I'd be surprised if Julio's back next Julio year. Gone. Yeah, I think I think he Russell is Gage is okay. And you know what pisses me off about Russell Gage? What's that? I remember watching him at LSU, and I was like, dude, this is a fun little player. And then I never got around to writing a draft profile on him. And then lo and behold, like he becomes like this really nifty special teams ace wide receiver three for Atlanta. And I'm like, damn, dude, like. You ever have those players where you see them throughout the course of the season and you kind of like make a little mental note, but then because in the past, each one of us has been responsible for writing 300 scouting reports and there's only so much time in the day, you don't get back to them. And then they get to the league and it's like, well, shit, you can, you can play. I knew you could play. I've, I've had those. Nothing stands out, but when it does, I will, I will let you know. Um. All right. The Sam takes going up. Trent Williams, not Dak Prescott, is the most valuable free agent this offseason. I feel like I need some more information from him on that. Like, because that that's there's I don't even see how that's a a realistic, like intellectually honest line of thinking. Like, there's got to be more to that that I'm not being aware of. So Trent is older. Um he's a less it's important a less, position. less valuable position. And like how many offensive linemen in this year's draft class, how many offensive tackles in this year's draft class do you feel comfortable starting like day one? It's probably, it's probably five or more, right? It's usually about the number. Yeah. How many quarterbacks do you feel comfortable starting day one? Maybe one. So I'm going to disagree with Sam. From the perspective of like, Trent Williams could be signed by a particular team and provide a much needed answer at left tackle. And that would be huge where maybe there's some holes, you know, if, if he goes back, Dak goes back to Dallas, he's going to, there's some holes on that roster where, you know, he alone isn't getting a difference, but so, I mean, that's why I was wondering if there's more context there, but I guess not. Kyle, what are you doing over there? <laughs> Samson, oh, yeah, I, no, I, I don't want it. It's my worst one tonight. <laughs> Listen, you, 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 whatever. Don't put it into the space, right? Don't, if you don't want it, if you don't want it up for interpretation, don't put it out there. My goodness. Oh, oh, put this one up from Tyler because I have more questions about the Pittsburgh Steelers. This one, from, this one from Tyler. What? What is? What is that? The one uh, at eight o'clock from yeah. Tyler Weber. So I'm not interested in getting into what Tyler actually asked, <laughs> but and then I won't read it. Then did you hear? What Chase Claypool's excuse was for how he acted in the play or at, in the aftermath of the playoff game. Can did I you hear, did you hear what he had to say? Can I answer your question with a question? Yes. Do I want to hear what Chase Claypool's yes. excuse was? I do. Yes. Okay. Joe, did you hear what he had to say 
after he said what he said about oh, the Browns are going to get clapped next week. Um, I mean, I heard that. I don't, know, I don't know the rest of it. Right. Though. Well, he he said it was because he thought the 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 Browns uh, were a little too disrespectful and needed to be more classy in winning in the wild card weekend. And because they weren't classy, it rubbed him the wrong way. And that's why he had so much to say after the loss. I don't think that the Browns got clapped either. It was was twenty two uh, to seventeen. Yeah, it was a five five point loss, and they had like, and if they the hadn't punted, fumble, right? The fumble, the punt was terrible. The fumble was terrible. Yeah. Take Kevin Stefanski lost Coach of the Year with the decision to punt the ball back to Kansas City in the fourth quarter. The the voting's done, right? They do that between. Yeah, the, I think so. So. I mean, in fairness, he had some. He made some fourth down calls earlier in the fourth quarter that I thought were were pretty pretty ballsy. He that did. People, so imagine making that. Imagine making all those calls just to get there with the chips down and actually turtle when it all actually matters at the end of the game. And, and he wasted a timeout on a challenge because he missed one earlier, and I think he got a little bit. He got a little happy yep. with like, oh, I got, I got to make sure I get this one. It it was not a very well executed uh, coaching game plan down the stretch there. You have to ask yourself, is it more likely for me to convert was like fourth and what was it? Six or something. Yeah. With four minutes left and you're down five. You have a better chance of doing that or punting the football, stopping the chiefs, getting the ball back and scoring like, and here's come the thing. On. If you go for it and you don't get it, you can still force them to kick a field right. goal. And it's still a one score game. Well, and that was the logic behind what he did earlier, right? He was on his Correct. own, what, 35, and he went for it because it was Correct. Chad Henning on the other side, and he wasn't turning that into six, and so we went for it. So you did it all to get there so at the end of the game, and you're like, all right, now we're going to play field position game. It's like, no. So I, I want to defend Kevin Stefanski here because Sam says that challenge was so bad. It's not when you consider the fact that he had missed one earlier that he should have challenged that he didn't. So when that one happened, I think it was right on there that sideline, he felt like I can't miss another one. So he threw the challenge flag too quickly. I can't fault him for that spot because he missed one earlier. But was Kansas City even going fast? They rushed up to the line I, I think in a way to kind of maybe bait him into doing it, and he did because he threw it right away. Because you actually saw it. The flag was actually on the field. The red challenge flag was on the field before even they were lined up ready to go. Like, he threw it almost immediately. But, yeah, not not not, not great coaching uh, down the stretch in that game. All right, this one from Pat. Elijah Moore is a top eight wide receiver in this year's draft. This is a really good Roger wide receiver still. class. Draft dudes do math. This is a really good wide receiver class. I'm not ready to I say he's, top eight. he's exciting. He's an exciting football player, but top eight, not ready. Not ready to go there. All right, gentlemen. Vontel's calling you out. Vontel's calling him out. Put it Uh-oh. up there, Chris. All right. Vontel says real quick. I just want to know why Joe isn't the biggest JC Horn fan. Really curious. Uh, I think That's he's like suspicious. I think he's That's a... weird. A top two round pick. I mean, I just don't, I wouldn't want him like in the top 20. Um, Is there a scheme specific fit that you could get behind in the top 20? Uh, yeah, I think he's, a, I think he's good press man corner. I, I wish he tackled better. Um, I don't think his ball skills showed out, showed up outside of one game. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I, I want my corners to be more physical and have better ball skills. It, sorry. I like I might like Ifayatu Melifanu better than JC Horn. Wow. Yeah. 
That is a spicy, spicy take. I said might, so I got an out there. Yeah, you you left yourself a little bit. You gave yourself the 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 way to exit there later on. Um, all right, gentlemen, I'm scrolling for one more. Would you like a college take or a pro take to Ooh. end the show? Here? We want the best take. That's what we want the best take you can lay your eyes on. Right. That, that's putting a lot of pressure on me to scroll Joe here is, while also Joe is salty that his high school team lost for the first time. That one was from a little while. I almost put that up, but no, I, I decided not to not to continue to troll you. Um, man, there's there's some there's some good ones in here. All right, let's go with this one because I thought this one was interesting because I think now that some teams are out, we can kind of get a better understanding of what kind of free agent moves and, dra- and trades might be made. With so many teams in the back half of the first round having a question mark at quarterback for the 2021 season, the Washington football team, Chicago, Indy, Pitt, New Orleans, Sam Darnold could garner a first-round pick from a quarterback needy team. And I'm not putting this up just because it's Sam Darnold. I'm putting this up because I think the quarterback market this offseason is fascinating in a lot of different ways, and it doesn't just start and end with Deshaun Watson. So here's the thing. Go ahead, Joe. I want you to go first. Go ahead. In a year in which they just announced that the combine as we know it is going to cease to exist. And you're going to have the senior bowl and it's going to be the only like draft event this year in which the entire league is going to be able to congregate and, and get to know prospects. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of uncertainty and a lot of apprehension from a lot of teams uh, to make big investments in unknown commodities which boosts the value of quarterbacks who are already in the league. But here's the problem. You don't know what Sam Darnold is because he has not put together a body of work that gives you any confidence that in a contract year, he's worth surrendering a first round pick because he is so all over the board. You know, he's up and he's down. And is it Adam Gase? Is it him? Has there been too much damage done to Sam Darnold's psyche that he's not going to be able to bounce back from? I think there's too many questions and too many other quarterbacks, veteran and rookies that are going to be available uh, that would prevent a team from being willing to spend a first round pick on Sam Darnold. Kyle, you and I do this sometimes, and I'm wondering if you think it applies here for maybe some of the logic that the teams that were listed here um, could subscribe to. And that's that we go back to our pre-draft assessment. And if you go back to pre-draft assessments on Sam Darnold, I'm not saying mine or yours, but, in general, people thought he could be the number one pick in the draft, right? He was the number three pick in the draft. How much consideration do those teams give to that idea and couple that with what Sam went through with the Jets and say, yeah, I'll give up pick 24 for a chance at this guy? I I, I do think there's a – I think there's a, a reasonably – probable chance that the Jets get a first-round pick for Sam Darnold. A reasonably probable chance. It's reasonably likely. Okay. I know you're going to give your your report. You didn't have a one on him. Neither did I. <laughs> I know what you're doing. Okay. I've seen you do this for the last five years okay. of my life. Can you see right. there, Sam Darnold? What's the prospect rank number there? Uh, uh, 46. 46. Oh, sorry. Okay. Okay. Cool. Seen those reports no, before. I am going to refer back to my scouting report on Sam Darnold before the 2018 NFL draft, and I'm going to say hard pass because I'm not I, asking you if you're going to, but are these teams going to? They might. Chris Ballard and Ryan Pace. Are they? You don't think they had him as a top 10 pick or something? I mean, it's, it's interesting because. 
we always talk about the divide between grading in a vacuum and if you yeah. need a quarterback. Right. Right. That's like I go back to to Jared Goff and, and Carson Wentz too. Did anybody you look at that class with some of the players that were in there, the Jalen Ramsey's of the world and Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa's of the world. Going in, did anybody genuinely think that Jared Goff and Carson Wentz were the two most talented players in that draft class? No, no. there's no chance. No. But they went there because of the need. I think you remove that when you are proposing making a trade for a prospect. So I don't think there is the same tendency to overinvest or overpay. But that, that that's just my perspective on it. It's going to be I, fascinating. I, I stopped myself short of offering you a bet on this because I think there is a reasonable chance that he they get a two. Set an over-under on the, on the pick. That's hard for me because, okay, I'll say that they get a top 50 pick for Sam Darnold. You're taking the over-under. Can you make it 45? I mean, you you you, you okay, get the, here's my you get all the non-playoff teams. Him, if they don't trade him. It's no. It's no. Yeah, it's like a push. Yeah, but if he gets traded, I'm betting it's, I'll take the over on 45 and a half. I'll take the under. So I have 45, one to 45. And, I, and Box of Built yeah. Bars? Box of Built Bars. And I mean it this time. I'm not going to buy a shirt this time. I like the shirt. I was happy with the shirt. Joe, that's the second bet you've made since I've joined on as producer. We, we do bets. Yeah, Chris, it's a thing. We uh, Kyle and I had one between Washington and the Giants on which one was going to have the most wins this year. Kyle got the dub there. Finally. Last year was it uh you had it was a Philly and Dallas versus like uh Kansas City and the Chargers, I think. Who would have the most wins combined? Yeah. And yeah, we tied we had, that one. <laughs> we dude, we, we have a handful every year. Uh this year was actually pretty light on bets. Like two years ago, we went nuts. Yeah, there was because we had college football bets, we had NFL draft bets, we had so maybe we'll get some off-season bets going. I, I like this Sam Darnold one. So the active good. bets right now, active draft dudes bets, is that within the next five years, the Houston Texans will finish in the top two of the AFC <laughs> yeah. South. You, that's you, buddy. That's your side. My yeah. side's looking very Listen, good right now. I don't like the way things have been going lately, but five years is a long time in the NFL. It's a long time. All right. I just, I mean, come on. And then uh, Kyle and I, uh, if the Jets trade Sam Darnold, uh, I have him going, them receiving a pick back that's 45 or higher in the draft. Okay. There you have it. We're all done here. Unless anybody has any other thoughts? No. We're good. All right. Draft Dudes live streams brought to you by our friends at Mighty Swell. Another live edition of Takes on Takes in the book. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Shuby Schubert. Thanks, as always, for watching. If you're listening in the podcast feed, make sure you hit subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. And then go hit subscribe on the podcast feed. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you guys again tomorrow.